Our second reading is from Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Jesus. Let's pray. O oh God, who is with us in our struggles, God of angel messengers and newborn kings, we bow before you today with praise in our hearts and on our lips. For who else but you would pick two ordinary people like Mary and Joseph to be Jesus' parents? And who else but you would be patient enough to lead them back to one another in reconciliation? The answer is no one, for you alone are our God. And in your grace and in your devotion, you enable us to hope for a new day and to have peace even in our perplexities. So today we pray, help us to be like Joseph, who reminds us that grace is being offered and peaceful hearts are within reach. In a world of competition, help us to choose companionship. In a world of scarcity, help us to choose abundance. In a world of war and violence, 
Help us to choose peace and grace. In a world of divided lines, help us to choose connection and relationship. In a world of quick assumptions and stereotypes, help us to choose celebration and compassion. And in our striving to choose a better way, O oh Lord, may we be transformed. May this story of Joseph rattle something loose in us. May the story of Joseph help us drop the need to be right or to be the best or to have it all figured out. And instead, may it draw us closer to authenticity and to you. May this story of imperfection sow grace into our bones that we may catch glimpses of your love in our world. May we shake off the dust of our old selves and live into something new and better. And may we be a little more like Joseph, but mainly may we be a lot more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. I have read this story of Joseph with a great deal of wonder, haven't you? I wonder what it would have been like to be in Joseph's sandals during those days. What would I have felt? How would I have responded? I wonder if Isaiah's words came to Joseph's mind as he struggled with the news that his beloved fiance, Mary, in those days she would have been called his wife, though the wedding had not technically taken place. Betrothal was different from our engagement in that it was a legal ceremony, a, a legal engagement engagement, and, and the only way to end it was through a legal process of divorce. So she was more than what we would call a fiancé. She was considered his wife, though they had never lived together. But the news came to Joseph that his beloved Mary was pregnant. And the only thing Joseph knew for sure was it wasn't his. I wonder how Mary broke the news to him. Lacking EPTs, or ultrasound technology to validate what the angel had said? Did she wait until her baby bump was beginning to show before she summoned courage enough to tell Joseph? She had to have anticipated that Joseph would be shocked 
to say the least. Did she ask her Aunt Elizabeth to meet with them and share her own experience, which to a degree coincided with Mary's? Or did she opt for the privacy and intimacy of just the two of them? From what we know of Joseph's reaction, he did not take the news well. It had paralyzed him. He couldn't think. He couldn't process what she had told him. He, he heard the words, those awful words, words that sliced his dreams to ribbons, words that turned to ice in the pit of his stomach and left left him physically sick. Did he withdraw from everyone, especially Mary, for a time, while he tried to wrap his mind around this new reality? It would have nearly killed him if Mary had said, I don't love you. I don't want to marry you. I am in love with someone else. But as painful as that would have been, it would have been preferable to this new reality, all of that being true, plus a baby to boot. This additional proof that she had actually been with someone else was more than he could cope with. And the icy fingers of fear gripped his innards and squeezed. It probably took a few days for him to think clearly enough to even formulate some kind of a plan, but what should that plan be? The Bible says, eventually, that he resolved, without explaining what emotional upheaval went into reaching that resolution, but he resolved to put her away privately or to divorce her without making it a big deal to the degree that could happen. And I've mentioned one of the differences between our engagement and their betrothal was that the betrothal was legally binding and therefore a much bigger deal. The only way out of it was through providing to the wife a writ of divorce, which he had to initiate. Briefly stated, stated, the writ said that he was divorcing his wife. There were a couple of schools of thought regarding divorce. One school of thought was that the husband had the prerogative and could divorce his wife for 
virtually any reason at all for burning the toast. The other school of thought was that something catastrophic needed to have occurred, like adultery. I wonder if Joseph consulted a rabbi for guidance. And if so, did this rabbi counselor quote from Isaiah to assure him that everything would be okay? The desert would bloom. There would be streams in the desert. Everything that looks so bleak now will turn out rosy in the end. If he did, I doubt that he convinced Joseph. Or did the rabbi counsel him to seek a divorce? To write out the divorce and give it to her? You couldn't just call it off by giving the ring back or asking for it back. So finally, divorce was what Joseph decided to do. He would do it as quietly as possible because he, despite everything, he loved Mary. as much as he was hurting, as betrayed as he was, he still loved her. And this quiet divorce would enable Mary to marry someone else like the father of her baby. This was not what he wanted but what he wanted was to turn the clock back and have this whole thing go away. He wanted his dreams back. He wanted his hope restored. He wanted his faith in Mary once more to be what it was, but he couldn't have what he wanted. And I wonder if Joseph asked in these desperate times, these these dark days, where is God at a time like this? The psalmist had said often enough that the Lord Almighty was high and lifted up, and it must have been true that in Joseph's mind he was so high and so lifted up that he had lost touch with what it felt like to be human. The pain he and others were having to endure. Sleep had surely eluded him ever since Mary had unveiled her secret and unraveled their dreams. But he had reached the outer limits of his physical and emotional reserves. Finally, after days of emotional paralysis, Sleep, blessed sleep, overtook him. I wonder if his last conscious thoughts were a cry to the Lord for help. And with sleep came a dream. In the words of Matthew, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, Son of David, 
Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Upon awakening, Joseph must have replayed the dream in his mind over and over. It had been so comforting. But as his mind cleared itself of sleep, he must have reminded himself that it was only a dream. Was it his subconscious mind struggling to find an answer to his dilemma? Or was the Almighty really attempting to communicate with him? Was God affirming Mary's claim that her child was created in her womb by the Lord God? And how could he be sure? Joseph must have been driv driven to a deeper level of prayer than he had ever experienced before in his life. He sought either the confirmation that this dream was of God or the awareness that it was only a dream and that nothing had changed. He must have cried out in a desperate plea for enlightenment and direction. Oh, Lord, God, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But inside, another voice sounded and said, and the Father of Jesus, who is Emmanuel. Finally, an answer. It was not the proof he sought, for faith is not necessary if there is proof. Where there is fact, there's no need for faith, for it is accomplished already. As with Mary, so with Joseph, God required of him a leap of faith. And after all his doubt and confusion and soul-searching and praying, he took that leap. Lord, he must have said, I believe. I can't explain it, but I believe. 
I choose to believe all things considered. It makes more sense to believe than not to believe. The Bible does not describe Joseph and Mary's joyous reconciliation, although it had to have taken place. Joseph must have wasted no time in getting to Mary's house and telling her about his dream and that his faith in God and in her had been restored as he trusted that God had spoken to him and was leading him to continue their betrothal and their wedding, their hopes and dreams emerged intact. Only the new element of being parents to the Son of God had to have added a higher level of anxiety and an even greater level of wonder. In our own time, God still comes to us in our doubts and confusion. People are still asking, is he really God's son? Can I really believe? And God enters our dilemmas and leads us to truth, not to proof, but to truth. Faith is still an essential element of our reconciliation with God. But just as there was rejoicing when Joseph and Mary dismissed their doubts and declared their faith, when we take that leap of faith and confess, Father, I believe that Jesus is your Son, just as Scripture declares him to be. The Bible says that when that recon reconciliation occurs, there is rejoicing in heaven. We who were far from God have been brought close to him not because we have finally found our way to God, but because God has come to us. We can't explain all about it, but we choose to believe. All things considered, doesn't it make more sense to believe than to not believe? <laughs> 